Welcome back to the Content That Grows podcast. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Ryan Sargent. Ryan is the head of content and 10 speed. This is his first time joining us on the podcast. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah. So we're, we're uh, excited to, to bring a, a good conversation to you today around um, why content briefs are the most important part um, to quality content. And so you know, with that, um, I guess for anyone who's listening, just very briefly, uh, that doesn't necessarily know definitively what a content brief is, maybe you've never built one. Um, content briefs are a way to give a lot of information and guidance to a writer, typically that's a contract writer, someone outside of your organization, and making it very clear what you expect from the content. Um, how to write about it, uh, what needs to be included, uh, what to avoid, uh, and a lot of other guidance. So we'll get into that, but uh, just want to make sure that's clear. And you know, I think really this is an area where content folks do spend a lot of time, um, you know, working in their role it is working on these briefs, and therefore I think it's it's worth spending the time discussing it and, and really digging into it. So um, you know, I'd love to maybe just have you kick off by. Um, I guess explaining a bit of like why content folks do spend so much time in briefs and why it matters in the first place. We we spend time working with content briefs because they're the leading indicator of quality. If you're not going to get a good article out of a bad brief, um, and I, I can say that pretty confidently, even though there are exceptions or caveats, because those exceptions for me always involve a corner case. Right? It's mm-hmm. you hired a. a somebody who's a subject matter expert to write the piece in the first place. And so even though your brief was bad, they, they got all the information they needed from their own head. Right. But you can't depend on that. And I think really smart content leaders and content teams put a lot of effort into the brief. They put in, put a disproportionate amount of, of effort and time into briefs because that's, that's how you get good articles. That's how you get articles that have business impact. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, it'd probably be worth, breaking down a bit more of like what typically goes into a brief or, you know, from your perspective, what, what are some of the things that the writer needs? Um, and also just like what really makes it uh, a good brief versus, you know, a bad brief. Yeah. And, and I'm right. I already said the dreaded keyword of, of quality and I'm yeah. sure there's a whole, we'll do a whole nother episode on that. I'm sure. But the, the brief for me has to start with why does this piece exist? If, if we don't know immediately why the piece exists, then, then we're, we're already kind of floundering. The, the internet has more than enough writing on it already. You, you need a reason to add to that pile. And yeah. uh, I've used the trash island analogy before, but you don't want your article to end up as a giant floating piece of trash in the middle of the ocean of internet. And yeah. that means being really convicted about why you're building it. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't build stuff. There's all sorts of good reasons to build stuff. Maybe no one's written comprehensively about this keyword. It, it could be an SEO reason. That's that's not illegal. Um, it can also be, and this is obviously, I think I'm biased, but this is a better reason. Your company has a really strong point of view on something. And of yeah. course, when those two things overlap, now we've got a really good reason to write an article. Now, now we've got something that we can get excited about. Um, and if that information isn't communicated to the writer, to the editor, to, to everyone involved with the piece, we're not all pulling in the same direction. And so that's number one in a brief, like that has to make it into the article. Um, and, and I'm saying article a lot because 
while we can do briefs for creative assets for long other forms of content, um, most of the briefs in this use case or, or example are going to be for blogs. Um, yep. At least 1,200 words, less than 4,000 words, right? That that sweet spot. So, um, yeah, we can we can go way deep in the weeds on like stuff that goes in, in other types of content brief as well, briefs as well. I yeah, think the other piece. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. You're fine. You're fine. The. The other piece I, I would say is important to include that I think we spend too much time on is th- are things like style guide. Um, your style guide isn't necessarily going to make or break the the piece. Uh, yeah, I, I want an Oxford comma in in all my pieces. Not everyone at Ten Speeds clients does. That's that's okay, but that's not what's going to make or break the piece. So you want the writer to be aware of that. They shouldn't use I don't know MLA when your company uses AP, but like. Tell them to use AP style and let them go. We'll, we'll fix it in an edit. We'll adjust, um, or we'll just leave it because that's not the that's not the thing that's gonna gonna really get the article traction uh, at, at the end. The other major piece that goes in the brief is, is subject matter expertise, and yep. that ties back to the the intent. If if you're not writing with authority, you run into all sorts of problems right away. And that doesn't mean that the writer has to be an expert. It means they need the tools for the job. And those tools are ultimately presented in the brief. Make sure you talk about this, not this. Use this vocabulary word, not this other vocabulary word. When you talk about our product, you have to talk about this feature because it's the thing we do that our competitors don't. These seem like really common sense, straightforward things. But if they don't make it all the way into the brief, the, the writer often just doesn't have that information. And they can't be expected to get it in there if they don't know. Correct. Yeah, and I think that that, you know, the last point there is, to me, kind of that common theme and and really the reason for the brief. So you mentioned, like, why are we creating it in the first place? Um, You know, certainly too much importance can be put on the style guide, but um, whatever basics, like you said, AP style, any of that kind of stuff, like, they need to know the style preferences and then the subject matter expertise and the product positioning. And I think that the, the reason for the brief is that without um, the less you define, the more it's open to interpretation and you're then letting someone who doesn't know your company or product more than maybe looking at your homepage um, determine these things. And then that's, I think why so many people have, had underwhelming experiences with contract writers. It's because of what they were given um, and not because of, of the writer. And um, that's true in a lot of cases. I mean, design as well. Like design is a, a huge area there where the the less you give a designer and you want to get a landing page design back or something like that, the, the more they're going to just do their preference or what they know or what they think it should be, and I, I totally agree that, um, that that's just a huge, huge part of it. Yeah, and there's plenty of room in the brief to give really specific guidance to a writer as well. Or, or, or maybe what I'm saying here is, is guidance that isn't necessarily related to the subject matter. We can tell a writer, hey, one of our most important principles is using inclusive language. So when you write about this topic here's a set of guidelines for inclusive language. That's not what I mean by we spend too much time on the style guide. Uh, another yeah. example would be, Hey, we're defining a category in SAS. And so 
when we talk about this category, we need to we need to make sure we stay away from this word over here that's been misconstrued over and over and over again. That's yep. great information for the brief. That doesn't count as the style guide stuff I was saying I'm talking about before. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And there's there's a lot there that. Um, that so I guess you know a way to kind of shift the conversation a little bit would be, um, you know, I think the outline, you know, the the headers, kind of the main points you want to hit on. Um, is the number one thing that folks think about when they, oh, I'm going to build a brief and that, um, you know, and then you mentioned SME, but like, would love to kind of have you break down. You just mentioned inclusive language. You mentioned earlier, like why we're creating this piece in the first place. Um, you know, I can add, you know, one or two to start, but like, we also include, you know, take the time to look at how, this piece of content should connect to others. So we're giving the writer additional resources um, to look at and make sure that we're building internal links to it and also giving context on, you know, they either way, if you give it to them or not, they're gonna go Google the topic and look at what's there. And so the more guidance you can give on, you know, this is a, an example of a good piece on this topic this is an example of, you know, what to avoid or whatever, like, uh, again, just kind of helps narrow the focus for them. But anything else that you think that really kind of makes a brief stand out and go above and beyond would be, would be great to hear. Yeah. So I'll start by building on one of the things you just mentioned, the, the, the competitor article or like SERP analysis piece. I, I want freelance writers that understand SEO. I don't need freelance writers who are SEOs themselves. And one of the ways that plays out is I think it's the, on the brief writer to do that research and say, Hey, this is the thing the SERP is missing. When, mm -hmm. when you go look at these competitor articles, this competitor left out this thing over here, this other competitor got that right. Um, but left out this important thing. And so uh, I'm trying to think of a good example now, like, like a, a, a real world examples. Maybe it has to do with something like, um, I default to music examples because that's my background, but like we're talking about a music product and we're talking about on stage like performance, right? For some B2C product in the music industry. And we don't talk about how that performs in the recording studio. Like there'd be this whole world of like, maybe the, maybe the competitor product isn't for the studio. It's only for live performance. That's okay. But now we have an angle for the piece. And, and so I don't need the writer to do that SEO research. That's on the brief to, to take care of and talk about, yeah. Hey, when you Google this, you're going to see that this is missing. It's that's why this is in the outline. Um, it's easy for outlines to parrot the SERP and that's ultimately what's going to lead you down the path of writing content for the algorithm, not for the, for the people uh, when it's easy to do both. I think um, I say easy with, my tongue in cheek, but I guess or foot in my mouth or whatever yeah. uh, idiom you want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I feel like that's really, um, I don't know, 2019, 2020, you know, maybe a little bit beyond. It felt like there was this shift from, um, I, I, I guess like the way that a lot of SaaS companies had been working where there was a lot of, SEO strategy and SEO input um, to where it, it felt like every content marketer got armed with SEMrush and ClearScope 
and they were off to the races. You know, I find I find topics and I drop it in ClearScope and I follow the outline, and then we just ended up like you said with the the parrot aspect of it where there was nothing being differentiated. It was just purely find a topic, create it. And then the biggest piece there, like you were saying is, you know, it's not hard to go find a topic to write about and it's not hard to have a natural language processing or, you know, semantic tool tell you here's what should be included, what shouldn't be. But the hard part is understanding two things. One, how it all fits together in a bigger picture to continue to grow and not compete with itself and two, how to be standing out and differentiating. And I think that that's uh, where so much of that human component comes in. And, you know, we probably don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but like there are a lot of, um, a lot more tool now tools now that can, you know, have AI just spit out, an outline on a topic, you know, certainly chat TPT can do that and, and several others. And we've been asked that question before of like, well, why would, why would it cost like hardly anything for you to generate a brief, um, when you could just use AI. And I think that this is where, you know, we've found to be some of the biggest aspects is like, you want to talk about the parrot problem in the SERPs, like that's on, that's on steroids, uh, compared to, you know, using SEMrush and ClearScope when you're just letting the AI aggregate and just tell you the answer. Um, so that's where I think there's uh, a lot of opportunity to continue to put in the time and, and differentiate. Yeah, and, and AI is such a great idea machine and because it's going to go look at everything that's been done before and, and give you give you the starting place to go to go look or to categorize or to think about something through a different lens, it's not going to come up with anything new. And when it comes to briefs that, that yeah, it looks like parroting the SERP a lot. And so if you use AI to build briefs, what's going to happen is you're going to end up with this skyscraper approach that never builds a taller building. You're just going to build the same building that was built before with different windows on it or you know different, uh, different shape. So, um, and, and that was always what I, my takeaway from that that time in 2019 with with skyscraper and, and all that stuff was so many people are building a, a building that's the same the same size that's just as tall not taller and it's the it's the part that makes your building taller that makes the article good yeah yeah so I think there's um, you know certainly a lot here we could probably talk all day uh, about this but um, in terms of kind of you know wrapping it up is there any final points you kind of want to make? I think we've covered most of it, you know, in, in, in good detail and, and I guess a lot of around the importance of it. Um, but anything else you want to add? Yeah, I think for me, the, the kind of place we haven't touched yet is, is what do you do with that outline to make sure that the writer gets the right amount of detail? Um, I've seen that go a lot of different ways and where we've ended up right at at 10 speed is, is we write really detailed briefs and, we make sure that the writer has all of the information we can possibly give them. And I've, I've come to, to find that that's really, really successful that giving the writer more, more freedom or more room, as, as you mentioned, means that they tend to default to their, their backup. It also means they need to invest more time and effort in things like gathering their own research. And the more you've already done the research, right? As you've already 
decided why this piece needs to exist. You've already looked at the SERP. You've already done that, that kind of marketing work on the front end. So I, I would encourage people to add more detail to their brief. Um, and and to, to writers, I'd say, ask questions. If, if something in the brief doesn't make sense, ask. These things are all in Google Docs for a reason. Um, yep. So that, that kind of back and forth can, can end up being really helpful uh, for, for part of the process. Uh, I, I can also keep going. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. And I think one other thing um, that I wanted to add was you know, we, we kind of framed it as primarily around contractors, freelancers, like any so anyone third party kind of outside the org. Um, but there is a lot of benefit because of what you just said in, in still building a brief for if you have an internal writing team, um, if they're not the ones that are truly doing all the research and the writing, if it's like a writing team is separate, um, I think there's still just as much importance. Maybe you don't have to go quite as far into explaining the product because they work in-house, but also sometimes you shouldn't take for granted that everyone in a SaaS company truly understands the product because for, you know, in MarTech, it's a little easier. In a lot of other things, it's like, okay, well, I'm not a, a general contractor managing, you know, all of my jobs with with this software. So, like, I don't actually know quite as much. And, and so I think um, that's still super important because, to your point, the person who's doing the research and knows why it wants to be what it wants to be should be documenting that and not leaving it up to the interpretation of the writer just because they work in-house. Yeah, absolutely. And those kinds of briefs are also a great a great reminder that uh, another spot, another tip, I guess, would be introductions matter a lot. They are, they're often throwaways in briefs. It's like, hey, write an introduction for this piece because that's something mm -hmm. writers should be good at. And especially when you're writing a brief for an internal writer, the intro can often feel like a throwaway. But the intro is an opportunity to give direction for the whole piece. Don't shy away from giving instructions about that intro in your uh, in your piece as well or in your brief as well. Cool. Yeah, that's another great point. Um, awesome. Well, like you said, you know, we could talk all day. You probably don't want to listen listen all day uh, about content briefs, but um, certainly uh, a thing that we do quite a bit for companies, um, both uh, as we do content creation, but also uh, have a number of clients where we do a lot of the research, build the content briefs, and then hand it over to their in-house teams or their freelancers. Um, so. If there's any interest, would certainly love to to chat more and, and how we might be able to help there. But uh, with that, um, we will go ahead and wrap up. So you can check out any of our prior episodes at 10speed.io slash podcast. Uh, like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Thanks. Yeah, let us, let us put you some briefs.